Hi, I'm Tyra G., your host of Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. Welcome again to our virtual global gathering of phenomenal women and those of you who love them. Yes, mothers, daughters, grand and great-grandmothers, fearsome and generous, humble and honest in pursuit of new possibilities and purpose. You know, here we dig deep and we come up strong. For those of you joining us for the first time, each month we explore a new theme inspired by you. After all, you are our co-host. We bravely walk into places where tradition has taught us that there are some things you just don't talk about, but not at this table. And no matter how hard judgment tries to get in, knocking, 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 it won't. Beloved, here we live beyond the wreckage. Every week we experiment, experience, educate, encourage, and empower. We share aha moments and stories that have been left in our pockets for too long. Every week we start where we are. I am so excited about how the show is progressing. We're in our fifth month of proof that dreams can come true. Frankly speaking with Tyra G is one of my most precious dreams. I thank God for every remembrance of you and your gifts of ideas, your presence, and your encouragement. They've all been gifts that inspire. I can't do this show without you. Thanks so much. You're listening to Radio Fairfax, Fairfax, Virginia, on your TV, computer, or mobile device. And we are webcast worldwide on the Internet at www.radiofairfax.org. Every Saturday evening at 8 p.m. Should you miss us, no worry. You can catch our podcasts on YouTube, Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. And if you just feel like connecting with me offline, you know I love that. It's easy. Email me at tyra at tyragarlington.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you, Courtney Nero, for composing and performing our Frankly Speaking theme song. And for naming it, I'm listening. Our theme this month is Voices from the Future. Interesting title, right? Seriously, I know the only time we have is the present. And what we have hope for is the future. But the other reality is... Our future is walking among us us right now. Those currently in high school will be overseeing our aging in place activities in the December of our lives. We need to connect with them, get to know them. And that's exactly what we're going to do this month. We're connecting up close and personal with Generation Z. To come of age in 2018 in America is to enter adulthood in a time of often overwhelming turbulence. The country is deeply divided. Technology is reshaping the world. Breakneck pace and the future seems filled with uncertainty. As each day appears to bring it into another crisis from unprecedented natural disasters or horrific mass killing to violent and ideological clash. Questions lurk in the background. Who will inherit this world, this world, and what will they do? Enter Generation Z, born in 1995 and after. 
They are the first generation to spend their entire adolescence with smartphones. Loosely defined as those born after 1995, this new wave of soon-to-be grown-ups also dubbed as the I-generation, centennials, post-millennials, founders, plural, and the homeland generation, depending on whom you ask. They're here where the millennials left off. They live in a world connected where to tap the tap of a smartphone gets them a pair of shoes that can be delivered to their doorstep via Uber or a drone in less than an hour. True digital and social media natives, they are ever connected. Hmm. Multitasking on many screens and more comfortable sharing Snapchat. They are the first generation to spend their entire adolescence with smartphones. That rapid adoption of smartphones has had a ripple effect across many areas of their lives. The best way to understand and walk into Generation Z is to hear some of their own words. And I quote, Whenever I'm bored, I can always find something to do on my phone. That was a young man, 17 years old. I can't live without my laptop because I'm enrolled in a virtual school and I have to use it. That's a young lady of 15. It's very easy to get addicted. That one's anonymous. Yesterday, I did over 20 hours on Face Chat with my friends. Now, you and I know they're 24 hours in a day, right? My phone would say if it could talk, I am exhausted. Give me a break because I use it so much. Another, for me, being cool is being myself and having friends who like me for who I am. That was a young man of 13. Knowing my phone is close to me makes me feel insecure. Hmm. I was not really concerned with privacy issues. I feel my phone is my security. Now, a deeper dive into the trends and perspectives of Generation Z suggests While they haven't yet entered the workplace, they have different values and beliefs than their predecessors. They were born during the financial meltdown, and they don't know a world without the Internet. They will become most entrepreneurial, conservative, diverse, and educated generation in the world. Now, here's a collection of research. I'm not going to test you on it, but as I give you the facts, see if any of them resonate with you or See if you hear any aha moments. Generation Z's value mirror. This is what they value now. 77% of Gen Z are either extremely or very interested in volunteering to gain work experience. We'll see if that's ringing true in a later conversation. 76% are concerned about man's impact on the planet. 79% display symptoms of emotional distress when kept away from their personal electronic devices. 90% would be upset if they had to give up their internet connection. 84%, I have seen this one, 84% multitask with internet connected devices while watching TV. I saw it Thanksgiving, it blew me away. Football and apps, right? They have more than 10 apps on their smartphone with 10% having more than 40. Wow. 60% of Generation Z says a lot of money 
is a sign of success. Now, this one's interesting. The people that most influence their career-related decisions include their parents, 30%, their friends, hmm, 17%. I'm going to skip the one on it. Well, no, I won't. This is interesting, too. Generation Z receives $16.90 per week in allowance or $44 billion, with a B, dollars a year total. We'll check that out later, too. They have a combined buying power of $43 billion, with a B, and influence an additional $600 billion of family spending. So that means parents are listening to them as to what to purchase, right? We're going to focus on this one. This is Generation Z students. 55% of Generation Z students say their parents are putting pressure on them to gain professional experience during high school. Hmm. We'll check that one out, too. We've got some experts in the studio. 85% research online. 33 watch lessons online to educate themselves. 52% use YouTube or other social media sites for typical school research assignments. 60% of Generation Z say they like to share their knowledge online. 60% say that technology feels, that, feels like anything is possible. Now, did any of that resonate with you? Some of it I can attest to with my own eyes. But the other, I'm going to have to count on my guest in the studio. After a quick break, I'm going to have you meet them. And they're sitting here so anxiously waiting. Hold on. Don't go far. And we are back. I always say the best way to meet someone for the first time is to hear their voice and listen to the words that they have. And I have four people, young people, energetic young people in the studio with me today. And I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves with their name and age and a number of other things that might open the door to who they are. Naomi, would you begin, please? Sure. Hi, I'm Naomi. I'm 17, and I'm a senior in high school. Um, some things I really enjoy doing, I'm a musician, so I've been playing piano since I was seven. So this is my 10th year taking lessons I love participating in competitions. Um, I also play for my junior choir at my church. Um, also, I play guitar, and I love to write music. Uh, in addition to that, I'm a gymnast, so I've been doing gymnastics basically since I could walk, and this is my second year being captain of the gymnastics team at my school, so it's something I really enjoy, going to competitions every week um, during the winter, so it's something that I love. And I am looking forward to going to college next year, so still in the process of um, doing applications, but it's definitely something I'm looking forward to. And I think I want to study neuroscience or psychology, something like that, uh, talking about behavior and criminals and research. So that's definitely something I'm interested in, and I'm looking forward to participating in that in college. And a dream of mine is to be in the FBI, so hopefully that's in my future. So, yeah. Well, you're going to, you're well prepared. You're <laughs> going to be uh, an athlete so you can chase the criminals if Definitely. you can't, can't get to them through computers and other ways, right? True. True. Um, have you thought about greater competitions than what you're doing now? 
like in the music or? I'm sorry, in gymnastics. Oh, in gymnastics. Um, it's definitely been on my mind, but uh, being in gymnastics for so long, I'm not sure if that's something for my future, but I'm enjoying where I am now in the last couple competitions I have in the high school season. Okay, yeah. yeah. You know what brought that on in my mind, of course, is mm -hmm. the Olympics. The of Winter course. Olymp you know, like, <laughs> is she going to do that? Uh, not this time. Not this time. Okay, so what you're telling me is uh, neuroscience, psychology, yes. chasing criminals, FBI, mm -hmm. and all the while you're going to be playing beautiful music to them, right? Yes. <laughs> all at the same time. Awesome sauce. Um I had another question and it went away, but it will come back. Okay. I promise you. Okay. You want to hand off to your friend sure. there? Here is. Um, hi, I'm Ryan. I'm 15. I'm in the 10th grade. Uh, I'm really, I really like reading and watching TV, and I also like computers. So once I graduate high school, I think I want to major in like computer science or something like that. I'm taking two computer classes in, in right now, in um. 10th grade, and, the, and next year I think I want to take advanced computer science. Um, so people, when they when they meet <laughs> you, right? What's what's yes. the what's the first thing that you think they think about you, aside um, from the fact that you're beautiful? Thank you. Well, I mean, I like to crack jokes when I first meet people, so I think they think I'm funny at first until they get to know me. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and then what happens? <laughs> I don't know. I just no more jokes. <laughs> Yeah, I lose all, like, whatever. But, um, yeah, so I think that I like to make people comfortable when I first meet them, especially if they're shy. And I, I um, had occasion to see something you were doing on computers that involved animation. animation. Uh, yeah, a long time ago, you were making little people do things on, I don't know what it was, because I don't know computers. So <laughs> uh, what what drove you, what makes you like them so much that you... Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm good with them. I like you know, that's like the future. Like um, they're talking about making computer computer science like a class you have to take to graduate in like, yes. in our county, yes. and like you have an SOL for it and everything. So like you know, it's gonna be a big thing in the future and job security. Yeah, exactly. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And then the other things, uh, computers are a door into so many other things. Yes. And uh, I was doing research on um, Generation Z, and it talked about the history of computers all the way to the extent, this really kind of blew me away, because uh, it was 17, 18, and 19-year-olds said they could comfortably date a robot. And I was like, what? And seriously, they and their, their uh, reasoning, now listen to this, their reasoning was... Uh, and, you know, this is as a result of artificial intelligence and neural networks. So the dating of a robot is not going to be like a box you're dating. It's going to simulate, obviously, a human being. But they were saying that this computer date would not judge them, would always be there, uh, would do whatever they wanted, and they had lots of logical reasons except that the computer could only be what it learned to be through artificial intelligence or neural networks. And so the big question was, well, how do you teach a computer empathy? So what do you think about that? Can you see yourself um, going out with <laughs> No, that's terrifying. That's um, ridiculous. <laughs> um, I think that, like, 
you know, what makes life life is that it's like imperfect and like if it's not if it's programmed, yeah. what's like the fun in that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So and this it, the um the funny thing is the book that I'm reading is like five hundred pages long and it's it's about your generation and the name of it is Alone Together. And it talks about how you all could be sitting in a room together like you are now. And still, if you're involved with your device, how you could not be connected and yet be physically together. Does that make sense, what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, we'll go on with introductions, and then we'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, Were you finished, Rye? Yeah, I'm done. You're finished? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Next. Hello. Hello. Hi, uh, uh, my name is Asa. I'm 15 years old. I'm in the 10th grade. I uh, go to school in the area. Ooh, I like this music. Uh, I grew up around here. <laughs> I play uh, piano and drums. I've been playing since I was three or four. Um, yeah, so I play percussion in the concert band at school, and I play piano at the jazz band at school. And then I also play drums in the Blues Alley Youth Orchestra in Washington, D.C., and uh, I play keyboards at church. So, uh, as you can probably tell, I like playing music. <laughs> basically, <laughs> that's yeah, basically I, I mean, my the resume, life. you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And there's right. not a thing wrong with that. <laughs> um, did you do anything over the summer that was related to music? Yes. Over the summer, I did a, a summer program over at Rutgers University up in New Jersey. Um, which was about jazz music and learning from a bunch of professionals, which was really, really fun, really great experience. Yeah. How many people? I mean, were lots of students your age there? And- yeah, yeah, for sure. There was, um, I'd say, probably around 200 people there mm-hmm. for the program. Yeah, it was a good-sized program. Well, really now, fun. you're a tall young man. Sports been in your past, in your future, in your present? In my past, actually. I was playing lacrosse. Um, nowadays, I just work out to keep my fit. But uh, <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. And what do you, what kind of working out do you do to keep your fit? Uh, running, strength okay. training, uh, weight lifting. Uh-huh. Right. right. Awesome. Okay. So I know that there are other subjects besides music taught in school. So what other kind of subjects are you involved in? Um, I like English. I like writing and literature and uh, poetry uh, and linguistics. I did a linguistics program over the summer at The Ohio State University. Yes, that's my alma mama. <laughs> Say it again. The, the Ohio, Ohio State, State University. University. <laughs> yes. Okay. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Yes. Now, you said linguistic program for... We've got international listeners and national. What what was that like? What was that like for you? It was really great. It's a it's a deep diving into the makeup of a language, going into uh, the way that the mouth forms syllables and vowels, with the makeup of the mouth and how the mouth interacts in a different language. So we got to map that out, and it was a really great experience. So yeah. like when I took French the first time, I took French in high school and went a e e o e. Exactly. That's yes. it. Okay. Just checking. (laughs) Okay, now, it's um, five years from now, Asa. What are you doing? Five years from now. Dream with me. I'm in in 10th grade, so five years from now, I'd be uh, third year in college. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, somewhere sunny, hopefully. 
Uh, maybe I'll have an in- internship at a record label or a recording studio, something like that. I'd like to be producing my own music at that point, studying like jazz studies or popular music studies somewhere. Okay, that's that's a good dream. Yeah. You want you want to hand off to your partner there? Take it away. Um, hello, I'm Cody. I'm 13 years old, and I'm in the eighth grade. And uh, uh, I like sports, and uh, I like hanging out with my friends. And uh, uh, come on now, give it up. Sports, come on now. Mm-hmm. I, th- uh, I I think I know that you're involved in some sports, specifically uh, basketball and football. And what positions are you playing? Uh, in football, I play wide receiver and cornerback. And in basketball, I play shooting guard. Are you any good? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty decent. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what, what most people know about sports is your work in progress, right? Yes. It is a process. It is not an yes. event. Okay, so I know you dream, Cody. <laughs> tell, me, tell me what your life is like in a good mm, three, four, five years. Um... Now you've caught up to all the other people around this table. <laughs> so what are you doing? How are you uh, spending your time? Three or four years. So mm-hmm. I'm in eighth grade now. You're in high school. Are you still playing sports? Uh, most likely, yes. Yes. If you had to choose, which would it be? Football. All right. Okay. That sounds like real to me. Awesome sauce. Okay, so uh, listening audience, do you think you have a better feel of who my peeps are around the table? That's a yes, I guess. Um, I I asked them to think about something, and I uh, I I'm serious about this, and that's why I want them to think about it. Uh, something is happening in our uh, world today with young people at increasing numbers and it's also happening with adults uh and that is uh people holding power over other people people being strong and making others feel weak and uh it's called bullying and i asked our team today to uh, role play because the research I'm reading about the amount of bullying in schools is amazing as well as heartbreaking. So I asked them to role play and we're going to go into a high school and we are going to uh, have them as a mediation team and that means that they talk to students and they talk to teachers and they talk to principals and they are respected and trusted and they solve problems. So um, I'm going to ask them to listen to a story on bullying. And once I've read it, we're going to see what we can come up with in the role of the mediation team. Okay? Uh, the name of this story, actually, this is a, a actual story submitted to a student in a school uh, who's been the uh, victim of bullying. He starts out saying, this is a story, this story is both a cry for help and a petition for change. I'm being bullied. I wish I was able to pinpoint a specific child or even a specific small group of people. But unfortunately, I'm, I'm not able to. This is because I'm a target for many different students. 
Many of them enjoy starting rumors about me, spreading lies, and even making up absurd stories. None of these rumors have any truth to them, but they become widely popular among the student body. Aside from the rumor spreading is the isolation. There have been several occasions when I've been forced to work alone on group projects because none of the students in the class are willing to let me into their group. Mm. During many periods throughout the school day, I'm forced to sit alone in silence in the corner of the classroom because no student is willing to give me the time of day to converse with them. I'm currently at a loss of actions that may be taken next because it seems as though I have no options. I want to write to you to express my problems and hopefully comfort others that may be feeling the same way. So, mediation team, you heard him, his cry for help. What would be the first thing each of you might say to this person? What, what would you say? Because to me, it takes a lot for someone to sit down in front of you and say, I need help. I hurt. I don't know how to fix me. I'm alone. Who wants to start with that? I'll start. Okay, um, Naomi. I would first say that, one, you are not alone, and that's a really important thing to express. I think that there are a lot of situations that people are put in where they feel like they are alone, especially in um, a bullying situation, but first and foremost, you're not. Um, and then... Just that I'm so thankful that you trust us to be able to come and present the situation mm -hmm. because um, we know that it's going on, but part of the reason why there isn't much we can do about it other than spread awareness mm -hmm. is that people aren't coming forward and telling us when it is happening. So um, I would just say thank you for coming and trusting us with this situation that you're be you've been dealing with. So you you are going to say to him, thank you. Mm -hmm. It may be the first thank you he's heard from a schoolmate <laughs> in a year. Yeah. And you're thanking him because he trusts you mm -hmm. and before because he came forward. Um, other mediation team members? Asa? Yes. Um, first of all, well, what I would say is uh, don't let what other people think about you uh, – enter your mind as like who you are like keep a good self-confidence in the fact that you came for help about this shows that you respect yourself and you see that something needs to change and you want something to change and the situation for yourself so just to keep keep your head up and keep your keep your pride uh i mean moderately of course but uh keep keep your self-confidence you know because mm -hmm. People, people can think what you want, what they want about you, but you know who you are. Other thoughts, Cody? What would you say to? Okay, you're out on the basketball court, mm -hmm. and this guy is sitting in the bleachers all by himself mm -hmm. every practice, and mm -hmm. you hear about this letter from him, and you remember him as the guy sitting in the bleachers all alone. Mm -hmm. Would you approach him? What would you say to him? Yeah, I say like, I'd ask him. Like what's wrong, mm -hmm. and like why you, why do you sit alone? Mm -hmm. 
and then like he answers like to the letter mm-hmm. and then I just feel like kind of what Asa said this like don't let other what other people say about you affect you and uh, like keep your self confidence up mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a I have a big question for each of you actually to think about this would he came he needs help would you Cody say man you want to shoot some baskets sometime yes you see what I'm I'm saying then would you engage him because ob- mm-hmm. obviously yes. connecting is important to him right mm-hmm. Rye what would you say to him um, you don't sure. you know the thing that that's important Rye is this everybody may not have anything that they feel like they can offer at that point in time so it may be that you know you watching what's going on and well i would never watch and not do anything like i would always stick up for that person okay so you're going to stick up for the yeah, person for sure. if you see the bullying occur yeah. okay and and that seems to be what the issue is although how many of you seen bullying incidences you never? No. Okay. And ironically, I have. Isn't that mm-hmm. something? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was out in the street. I've seen it on the playground. Um, so have any of you ever been bullied? No. no. I've not. But I've heard of, like, I know people who have. So not necessarily, like, I haven't seen it happen, but I know that it occurs in my school, so. I don't know about any of it occurring in my school. I remember at my old school one time um, in third grade, my best friend, she wasn't being bullied, but there was this guy, I'm, just, I'm really good friends with him now, but mm-hmm. uh, he's, he was like teasing her and like she, she didn't want to tell anyway. I was like, well, I'm going to go tell the teacher. She's like, no, don't do that. And the teacher was his mom. So and she, she's like, no, don't don't go tell him. And I, and I told um, her his mom anyways, and it, the guy had to write like her an apology letter and he never bothered her, to get, bothered her again. So no. he got called out. And one of the yeah. things you do with bullies is say, stop. Mm-hmm. And that takes courage, too. This is, this is the interesting thing about bullying. It, most bullies are in pain. Yeah. And they have taken that pain and flipped it around. Okay? There's something they don't like in themselves. I, I want to uh, read something to you I found. This is... This is This is written by someone who was bullied when he was 14, horribly bullied. And his parents had abandoned him, so he was raised in a foster home. And uh, he now, I actually have his book in my briefcase, he speaks about this experience to different audiences. And um, I'm going to read to you just one verse. his name is Shane Hoisan, and he's very fir- very famous, and he has a poem called To This Day. It expresses his own experience of being bullied as a child and the profound and lasting effects on an individual. He also affirms the inner spent strength that allows people to move beyond what they are called. This is a tearjerker, so get ready. Okay. Every day, school was a big top circus. And the pecking order went from acrobats to lion tamers 
from clowns to carnies. They were miles ahead of who we were. We were freaks, lobsters, lobster claw boys, and bearded ladies, oddities juggling depression and loneliness, playing solitaire spin the bottle to try and kiss the wounded parts of ourselves and heal. But at night, while the others slept, we kept walking the tightrope. It was practice, and yeah, many of us fell. But here's what I want to tell you. All of this is just debris. It's left over when we finally decide to smash all the things we thought we used to be. And if you can see anything beautiful about yourself, if you can't, I'm sorry, see anything beautiful about yourself, get a better mirror, look a little closer, stare a little longer, because there's something inside, inside of you that made you keep trying despite everyone who told you to quit. You built a cast around your broken heart, and you signed it yourself. You signed it. They were wrong. Because maybe you didn't belong to a group or a clique. Maybe they decided to pick you last for basketball or everything. Maybe you used to bring bruises and broken teeth to show and tell, but you never told. Because how can you hold your ground if everyone around you wants to bury you beneath it? You have to believe that they were wrong. They have to be wrong. Why else would we still be here? I got to tell you, I heard I heard him recite the whole uh, book, and he is amazing. Can you get a better feel of how someone might internalize what's going on to him. Let me ask you this. When something negative happens in your life and you don't know what to do about it, how, how do you deal with it? Say at school. It doesn't have to be school. What do you do? Define like negative. Like what do you mean? An example. Something that makes you uncomfortable, something that makes you sad, something that makes you anxious or angry. Um, yeah. I usually text someone I trust, whether it's like, my brother or uh, my mom or my dad or just a friend, mm-hmm. which I think it's like um, really important to know that you have people who support you so that when that happens, you know that there's someone to talk to. And give me an example, Naomi. What, what would happen when, I, you know, you don't have to be that personal, but what kind of advice might they give you in a time when you're broken and you're hurting? Um. Depends on who I ask, but if it's my mom, uh, she probably asked if I was okay and then um, just encouraged me that, encouraged me that, um, I don't know, that I'm, I don't know, that everything happens for a reason, I guess, and that there's always strength and light that comes out of everything that happens. Okay, Um, okay. Other people might try to cheer me up first. And um, just bring happiness to my day, which I always appreciate. Because in those situations, you're really, uh, I guess, down on yourself. So it's important to always have happiness in everything and try and find the the light in everything that happens. I can remember, uh, I I love my parents and and they love me deeply. And I can remember uh, hurting, uh, 
I was teased. I, I, I guess there were times when it was bullied. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, there were times when my parents said the right things and hugged me, but it took me years to change the tapes that were in my head about what was said to me that broke my heart. So sometimes this is just not that easy. Have any of you ever experienced anything that you carry hurt around? Not that I carry it around. Like once I rant about it in my group chat, I'm kind of over it. (laughs) It's like, all right, well, move on. Life goes on. Well, now that's very healthy. And did you say as you after you ran about it in your group chat? (laughs) Do you want to do you want to display that? It's like, I'll, I'll just, like, take what I'm like, oh, my gosh, look what so-and-so did. Or, like, I got a bag on my chest, and then I'm like, all right, I don't care. Well, what happens? Okay, right, what happens when you do that? What do they, what do they? Uh, um, there's, like, oh, that sucks. Or, or they're, they're <laughs> like, oh, that happened to me, too. Like, oh, my gosh, you, yeah, it's like a relating thing. They don't give me advice, but, I mean, it's not like there's it's something like I need advice for. Yeah. yeah, it's like more of, like, a cheer up. They're not cheer me up, but, like. Well, like, they connect with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're empathetic, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I think you said. Oh, that happened to me too. Yeah, and sometimes the 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 thing that this happens when I speak to adults, women in particular, they will say to me, "Oh, I thought I was the only one," and just knowing that someone else has the same kind of issues is sort of like normal. Like, oh, okay. And like you said, right? Would you say I'm over it? Yeah, <laughs> like I'm not, like I'll, I'll see a bad grade on my test. I'm like. I'll be upset for a minute. I'm like, oh, I don't care. You don't see bad grades on your test. <laughs> Why did you say you that? <laughs> Do you really? Yeah. Oh, okay. That That's news. Okay, guys, I'm not hearing anything from you. What's going on over there? What do you do? Um, Something I try to emphasize in my uh, day-to-day walking and talking is the sort of, like, look for next steps right so this has happened probably in the last month or so i get a a chemistry test back right and it's like uh it's not an a it's not it's not an a let's just say that it's not an a (laughs) so so maybe uh you know maybe i'm i'm kind of down for let's say like five minutes max but and then and then I'm like looking at the board. I'm I'm asking my teacher like, hey, is there retakes? Is there ways I can get points back? You know. So it's like forward steps moving forward. How can I fix this rather than kind of dwelling on the negativity? You know, like good vibes, keeping the good vibes. Well, actually, I think that's very healthy. Yeah. And and what's fascinating me is I've got four very healthy young people in here, <laughs> and it feels good. It feels really good. I'm going to take a very short break, and then we're going to uh, talk a little bit more about Generation Z. Okay? Come back, and here we are with our panel of Generation Z experts. That's because they are. We're going to do something to close out this section of our show, and it has to do with an inventory. And I ask each of my guests to uh, choose one of the attributes that are in a list. I gave you part of the list earlier uh, and talk a little bit about it. And we can just go around the table if you want to start. Okay. Um, So I chose... uh, Whenever I'm bored, I can always find something to do on my phone. 
um, <laughs> which I saw it. I was like, oh, that's so true because um, <laughs> in my family, we always talk about our phones. We're like, they're mini computers, which earlier you were talking about how computers are a door and now like our phones are a door yes. to anything. We can get any apps. Um, we can go on a website. Like literally our phones can do anything that we want to. And now it's entered our everyday lives, even in school. They used to be like, put your phones away, no phones. And now they're realizing that everybody has one and they can use it for educational purposes. <laughs> so we literally sometimes in class, our teachers are like, okay, everybody take out your phones. We're participating Google in this. a game. Or <laughs> yeah. yeah, figure out the answer to this. Mm -hmm. So, um, and sometimes I'm like, whenever I'm bored, I feel like maybe we're never bored because we're always on our phones anyway. <laughs> but definitely if I'm sitting around, I'm, I just like pull out my phone or mindlessly I can spend hours on my phone watching Netflix or um, texting someone or on Snapchat because of everything our phones are now able to do. Let me ask you a question. Um, do you have this intimate relationship with your phone to stay connected or is it a habit? I think it's a little bit of both. Okay. Um, I think in some ways, I like to think of myself as an outlier. I don't know if someone else were to look at my everyday life, if they would say the same thing. But um, I try to stay away from my phone. Um, I, <laughs> I set boundaries. That sounds so tentative. <laughs> I know. It it's not, I know. It does call sometimes. So sometimes I'll find myself spending an hour on my phone. But... I don't know. When I'm doing homework, I try to stay away from it. Um, we actually have a rule in our family, so when we go to bed, our phones stay downstairs. If not, I would probably be up all night <laughs> watching things on my phone. But um, I don't know. I feel like some of it's a habit, and then some mm -hmm. of it is actually to stay connected with my friends. So maybe a little bit of both. Okay. Rye, which one did you pick? Um, I chose I'm not really concerned with privacy issues. I I feel my phone is secure. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Um, uh, no. Okay. <laughs> you can, your information can, can get hacked so quickly. Um, if you like put it into the wrong website. Um, I'm The second I get tape, I haven't done this yet, but I'm thinking for a while, I'm taping over my laptop camera. Mm -hmm. I'm I, The FBI is spying on us, guys. That's... You know, they're, they're, they're listening to this right now. Like, I'm just, no, maybe I'm, I'm a conspiracy theorist, but, like, they're, they definitely are. Well, you do you, you do have evidence. Well, I mean. You have evidence yeah. that, you know, so you're They're not, uh, exactly. Snapchat did this, like, update, like, in the summer where it's, like, snap map. Find all your friends' oh locations so you can see where everyone is. And it's, like, that is the most terrifying thing. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I can I can probably, um. We were talking about privacy in my literature class at school, and I could probably talk about this for, like, a really long time, but I won't. No, we you were, can't we because we're <laughs> running out of time. <laughs> yeah, we were reading 1984 ah, um, by George goodness. Orwell, and the whole thing about, like, <laughs> privacy really isn't real, especially in this day and age with technology. Exactly. It's it, yeah. true. Yeah. Like, and I actually leave my phone plugged in in the living room when I go to bed. Oh, I don't do that, but um, <laughs> I know I'm like I'm like really worried about getting <laughs> stalked. I have friends who like don't have any social media, and I don't know how they survive. 
because I like being in everyone else's business, but I don't want people being in mine. <laughs> um, All right, how how? I yeah, I don't ever post on social media. Like I have all of them. Just to talk to these other people. Okay, all right, fellas, it's your turn. We got a couple of minutes. All right, so um, mine was yesterday. I did over twenty hours on Face Chat with my friends. <laughs> so uh, this was a. Uh, First thing came to my mind is hopefully this is an exaggeration because there are 24 hours in the day. And according to my calculations, if someone were to spend 20 out of 24 hours on face chat during the day, that would mean that roughly 83% of their day was spent on this so-called face chat. I so, have a friend named Jillian and she's going to watch this. I mean, listen to this, but I'm, I guarantee you she's done that. There's no, yeah. Sure. Okay. Okay. I, I'm. I'm. You know. You right. got. You got another one. Of course. Well, I mean. Well, first of all, for this, I would think like I don't know the circumstances. Like if they were stuck in their house and they were like just kind of bored, then that would I would kind of understand. I'd probably do that the same. But <laughs> seems seems like a little much. Give Cody one last chance. We got a a minute or two. Okay. So I chose um. Uh, my phone would say I'm exhausted. Give me a break. Because I use it so much. Yeah, I, I do use my phone a lot. Like, I sleep with it. I have a really long charger. <laughs> to reach your bed? Yes. But it, but it, it, um, it charges uh, very slowly. Now, Cody, okay, you heard what Cody said, right? Yeah. Remember when I said to you people would date their, their uh, computers? Yeah. Never. AI. Never. Okay. But 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 what I'm saying is you you don't want to be separate from it. <laughs> We're like dating yeah, our phones. It. Like <laughs> it has to buy me things, like, and I like... can't do that if it's <laughs> a robot. That's just my money coming out of my account that they're spending. That's enough. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Now now, <laughs> listeners, like this is this is so real. It took them a while to get to this point, but uh, I just I love each and every one of them, and I I'm grateful to each and every one of them, and I. I have a doggy bag, and I always promise to, to leave you with a little thought uh, to carry over uh, during the week. Uh, I call it, uh, I don't know what I call it anymore. Anyway, I just want you to know that I am going to read something to you that I love, and it's for parents uh, who want to say something to your children to let them know that they are uh, worthy and that they are not their circumstances. And actually, uh, the lyrics are to a song by JoJo, and it's called Exceptional. And I'm going to do this in lieu of our theme song, Going Out. So if you'll bear with me, see you same time next week. Your seat is guaranteed at the table. This is Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. This is... You're beautiful, but you don't know. You can't see what's inside your soul. Always feel like you're not good enough. You wish you could, wish you could be someone else. Sometimes you just can't see yourself, but I see you. I see who you are. You're exceptional, just the way you are. You don't need to change for nobody. You're incredible. Anyone can see that. When will you believe that? You're nothing but exceptional. 
You never think you measure up, never smart or cool or pretty enough, always feeling different from all the rest. You feel so out of place. You think you don't fit in. I think you're perfect in the skin you're in. You're just perfect the way you are. You're exceptional the way you are. You don't need to change for nobody. You're incredible. When will you believe that? You're nothing but exceptional. If you could see the one I see when I see you, you'd know how lucky you are to be you. I see through and to you. And you are exceptional just the way you are. You're incredible just the way you are. When will you believe that? That you're incredible. When will you believe that? You're nothing but exceptional. And I'd like to add to that. You are amazing. Just as you are. You're stronger than you feel. You're smarter than you think. You're more beautiful than you know. And you're more loved than you can imagine. Take care, be well, talk to you next week.